0: Welcome to C3 Church Central Coast Sermon Cast. We pray that you'll be inspired and impacted by this message and trust that you're better equipped to live your best life. What we're doing this, this, our church, we're doing a series on Old Testament characters, Old Testament Bible characters, and we've looked at a number of different characters and this morning... I'm going to be preaching on a lady in the Old Testament who's not as well known, and she's had quite a colourful life. And this morning I'll be preaching on Rahab. So I'll pretty much just give you an overview of her life. I'm going to tell you the story, and then we'll draw a few points from her life and see what we can learn and see what we can apply to our life. So the story is based around. 1400 BC when the Israelites entered the promised land. And so what happened? We all know how the Israelites were in Egypt in captivity and then Moses came and set them free and led them through the desert for 40 years. And then this is where we're going to pick up the story. So Moses is led them through the desert for 40 years. If you want to turn in your Bibles to the Book of Deuteronomy, chapter thirty-four. We'll start there. So Deuteronomy is quite close to the beginning of the Bible. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter thirty-four. I'm just going to read from verse one quickly. It says, "Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah." Across, the, "'Across from Jericho, there the Lord showed him "'the whole land from Gilad to Dan, "'all the all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, "'all of the land of Judah, as far as the Mediterranean Sea, "'the Negev and the whole region from the valley of Jericho "'to the city of Palms, as far as Zorah. "'Then the Lord said to him, this is the Lord saying to Moses, "'This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob.' when I said, I will give it to you. I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord died there in Moab. So Moses had led the Israelites out of Egypt all through the desert for 40 years. And he got to the plain and because of his, their disobedience. He couldn't into the promised land, but he got to see it. So God led Moses up to a mountaintop and said, this is the promised land. This is Canaan. And this first city, this is Jericho. And so, and then Moses died. But Moses had prayed over a young man named Joshua. And Joshua was the one who was chosen to lead the Israelites into the promised land. So now if you flick one page over, you'll be in the book of Joshua. In your Bibles, now Joshua, he was here. It was like it was such an exciting time because he was the new leader. He was in charge. They were on the, it was on the brink of entering into the Promised Land. It was like this is all happening, very very exciting, and um, Joshua decided that he was going to send two spies over into Jericho and, and the Promised Land to spy out the land and see what it was like. And so we'll have a look in Joshua chapter 2 verse 1. So Joshua had just chosen two spies and he said, Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went, this is the two spies, so they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab. Now Rahab's who we're talking about today. The king of Jericho, so I'm going to read a little bit here, so if you like to listen, listen, if you like to read along, read along. Okay, whatever suits you. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and enter the house, because they've come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men, so this is Rahab, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, "Uh, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they'd come from It." And at dusk, when it was time to close the city gates, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had hit, taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flat she had laid down on the roof. The, so the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road um, that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gates were shut. So the spies... so. The king of Jericho sent people to Rahab's house and said, two men came and saw you. Give them to us. And she said, I don't know where they are. They've left already. But really she'd hidden them. Okay, so she's got the spies hidden in the roof of her house. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and and that a great fear of you has fallen on us. So that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you, and when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sihonog, and the kings of Amorite to the east and the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above, and on earth below. So she was a Canaanite. Rahab was a Canaanite living in Jericho. But she knew that the Lord, she said to them, but I know that the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to me and my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my mother, my brothers and my sisters and all who belong to them. And that you will save us from death. Because she knew that the spies were going to come and destroy Jericho, the army of Israel. So she let them down by a rope through the window from the house where she lived. Because she lived as a part of the city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so that the pursuers do not find you. Hide yourselves there for three days until they return and then go on your way. Now the men said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down and unless you have brought your father and your mother and all your family into the house if any of them go outside the house into the streets their blood will be on their own heads we will not be responsible as for you who are in the house with you their blood will be on our heads and if our hand and if a hand is laid on them but if you tell what we are doing. So but if you, so, this is a spy saying to Rahab, but if you tell the king what we are doing, then we will be released from this oath to protect you. Agreed, she said. And um, let it be as you say. So here Rahab, she's taken two spies into her house. She's hidden them. And then she said, protect me. When you come to destroy Jericho, which I know you will because your God is a true God, protect me. And the spies have said, okay, but what you've got to do is you've got to bring all your family and all your anyone who's with you into your house. And so that we know, so that this house is going to be protected, you've got to tie this scarlet cord out from your window. Let it hang out from your window and and don't tell the authorities and then you'll be safe. And then if we flip over to chapter 6 of Joshua... So what happens, the spies have gone back, they've said to, the, um, to Joshua, yep, we can take the land, we can surely take the land. And if you know part of the story of the, of Jericho, taking the city of Jericho, it was when God told Joshua to have the army march around, um, the city for seven days, once for the first six days and then seven times on the seventh day. And on the, Seventh time on the seventh day, the trumpets were to blow and the people, the army was to shout. And when they shouted, it said, look, the seventh time, this is verse 16, the seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And, um, and then it goes on, and the the walls of the city came down. It was a it was miraculous. The, The defeat of Jericho was miraculous. And um, it says, The city and all that was, were we devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute, and all that were in her house shall be spared. And if you scroll down to verse 22, it says, Joshua said to the men, so then they're all defeating the city. Joshua said to the men, the two men um, who spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out to ha- um, bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance to your oath. So, and then verse 25 it says, But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute and her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lived among the Israelites to this day. So that is the story of Rahab. She was a prostitute, she had some understanding of God, she hid the spies. She acted in faith, and, and she saved her family and her friends because of it. She was saved. And then she lived among the Israelites for the rest of her days. So that is that's an overview of her life. And like I said, it's quite a colorful life. Lots of things happened. And we're just going to look at a few things here now. So firstly, Rahab was a prostitute. We can't escape that. We can't, I can't get up here and preach. She was this beautiful woman who had a, lived a pure life. No, she wasn't. She wasn't. She was a prostitute. And, you know, um, some scholars uh, say that in the Canaanite religion, um, in, the, in the pagan society, the, the priestesses of that religion also were prostitutes, and this was quite an honoured and respected position in society. That's one thought. Other scholars say that um, that's not the case, and prostitutes were considered an outcast of society, and that's why she lived on the edge of society, and that's why her house was part of the wall of the city. So I, I can't tell you which way it is, whether she was prostitution was honoured or not. But what we do know... And what I'm preaching today is that in the eyes of God, she was living a sinful life. So prostitution, in the eyes of God, she was living a sinful life of fornication and adultery. And you know, sexual sin, sin that involves sex, it, it brings a lot of hurt and it brings a lot of confusion. And it brings a lot of identity issues. So, you know, this story starts with this woman, this, this woman who's essentially quite broken. You know, no matter whether it was the priestess and she was honored, living living a life of prostitution and, and the hurt and the pain and the identity stuff that goes along with that. We've got this we've got this broken girl, you know. We've got this broken girl living by herself on the wall of a city. But amongst her brokenness she's she's grappling with this concept of God amongst this hurt and pain in her heart. She's thinking, what is this God? There is a true God. There is a true God. Because she says it in verse 11 of chapter 2, it says, For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and earth below. She knows that there's something there. She's been brought up as a Canaanite. She's been brought up in a pagan society. But she's she's grappling with this true God. There's a true God. There's a true God. I want to know this. I want to know this. And you know, she's presented with an opportunity. Rahab's not a virtuous woman. But she's presented with an opportunity by God to turn to God. And to hide the spies. Because when she hid the spies, she was putting her own life at risk. She was putting her trust in God. She knew that these men, these men from, were, the spies were men of God. This true God that she was trying to, she was discovering. She was on a journey. And she knew that these men were, were men of God. And so she put her own life at risk and she hid the spies. And God demonstrated his redemptive power in her life and transformed her life around. And do you know what? When I think of Rahab and I think of her brokenness and I think of her prostitution and I think of her grappling with the concept of God and and wanting to know God and wanting to journey closer to God, I think of how it doesn't matter where we have been in life. It doesn't matter. It does not matter what we've done, where we have been. God, God's got redemptive power for us. God is in the transforming business. He can transform lives around. When we put our trust in God, he turns our life around. And, you know, this uh, example of this is is the first time becoming a Christian, somebody who gives their life to God, who, um, you know, for the very first time, they go, God, I want to know you. And God comes into their heart and and their life is often turned around. And um, that's an example. But a second example is just in everyday life. Because I know from my experience, every day I've got to put my trust in God again. Again, again, all the time, every day. It's a constant. It's a constant. God, I need you. God. I made a I made a mistake. Another one. Forgive me. Heal me. Set me free. Turn my life around again. Again, again. And um, you know, my life's very it's full. It's big at the moment. Daniel and I, we're finishing uni. We're packing up our life to move overseas. It's it's big life. And um, And I just feel like God seemed really, it's funny, sometimes you get scriptures, but recently God's been giving me this line of a song, and um, it's a Christian song, and it says, when you think it's over, you can start it over. It's, It's a funny old line that God's just put into my heart, and that's what I've been kind of living by, like when I've stuffed up, when I've made a mistake, when I need to rely on God, when I think it's over, God said, Jen, when you think it's over, you can start it over with God. With God, we think it's over. He'll give you a new start. So um, Rahab's life is an example of God's redemptive power at work in an individual. And Rahab was a prostitute, a broken woman. And when she put her trust in God, he put her life on a path to salvation, both physical and spiritual salvation. So moving along, I want to look at Joshua 2, verse 2 to 6. So if you're still with me in Joshua, have a quick read with me. Verse 2 to 6 of chapter 2. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the man who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had um, taken two men and hidden them. She said... Yes, the men came to me, but I didn't know where they came from. And at dusk, when it was time to close, the city gate, they left. I do not know which way they went. Go after them quickly and catch up with them. But she'd taken them to the roof. So here we are. Does anyone pick out something in that? Something little interesting thing there? Hmm. Did I hear something? Lying. Yeah. Yeah, she lied. She did a big lie. She said that the king, the oh, authorities, is raw. Oh, where are the men? She goes, Oh, I do not know. I sent them off. Mm, no one here. Sorry, guys. Great chase after them. They probably went out there. And they went, Oh, thanks, Rahab. And off they went. You know? That was a lie. Again. I'd love to be able to tell you, oh, she's a great woman. She didn't lie. That's not a lie. I'd love to be able to work my way around. And honestly, in preparing this message, I was like, God, how can I, like, work with that, you know? <laughs> and um, and I feel like God really gave me an answer. And um, And, you know, she lied to the authorities to hide the spies. And she actually sinned in her act of faith. And lying is never okay. But I tell you what, Rahab is an example of God honoring a person due to her obedient faith in spite of her personal character flaws. Okay? You know, she was a, she was a broken woman. She was a hurt woman. She was living a life of sin. She didn't have a full understanding of God. She was living in a, in, a, in a pagan society. She might not have even known that lying was wrong. But God honored her for her obedient faith in spite of her character flaws, in spite of her immature faith there. You know, God is so gracious. God is so gracious. That is the bigness of our God. God is so gracious. He honored her for her faith in action. And you know, let's, if you go to Bible, you can, but I don't mind just reading it. If I flick over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, I'll just read it. It says, this is the chapter, in case you don't know, Hebrews 11, a chapter about, it's titled in my Bible, Faith in Action, and it goes through all the famous men and women of faith, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, goes through to Moses, it goes through all these mighty people of faith. And then in verse 31, it says, By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. So Rahab is honored in the New Testament, in the people of faith. And if you flip over to James chapter 2, verse 25, it says, In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? So she had faith. She had faith. She was this woman of faith. She believed in God. She put trust in God. She stepped out on a ledge for God. She put her own life on the line for, for the plans of God. She could have been killed. Do you know? Do you know what kind of death she would have had? Imagine lying to the king of your own country, the king of your country. His authorities have come to you and said, "Where are the men that are trying to destroy us. And she lies and she sends them off another way. You know, she, she's, that is, that is big. That is a big risk that she took. And sure, she kind of did it in the wrong way. Lying's never okay. But God honored her for her faith. And, And we can't get away from the fact that she's honored in the New Testament for her faith, for her faith. And, um... You know, I think about faith, faith in action. Do we have faith to give generously to the building fund despite, you know, personal sacrifice? Do we have faith to do that? Do we have faith to speak to that person about God even if they think that we're going to be, you know, maybe they don't like us. Maybe they'll think that we're weird. Maybe they won't want to be friends with us anymore. Do we have faith to... You know, say to your friends that you won't hang out at the club with them anymore, that you're not going to go out every Saturday night and get drunk. Do you have faith to do that? Where's your faith at? Do you have faith to say no to working on a Sunday so that you can be in church? I'll tell you what, we only have one church service at the moment. Do you have faith in God that you're going to tell your boss, hey, I can't work on Sundays because we've only got one church service? And that God, you have faith that God will provide and that he'll smooth things over with your boss and it's going to be okay? Where's your faith? Where's your faith at? Rahab had, she had great faith, extraordinary faith. You know, she put out that scarlet ribbon and she did it as an act of faith. And some people believe that that scarlet ribbon is symbolic of the blood that was put over the doors in Egypt during the Passover, and also that that symbolic, um, the scarlet ribbon is symbolic of the blood of Jesus that was shed for us and for, for our sins. And so because she, she hung that scarlet ribbon out her window, that was an act of faith. And she brought her father and her mother and all that belonged to her into her house, and they were saved from destruction. And so Rahab, not only is her story, her life an example of God's redemptive power through an individual, but it's also an example of God's redemptive power to a family and to a nation because God redeemed Israel from slavery, led them out of Egypt and into the promised land. So um, I love that. And then just one final thing that I want to look to today, and this is would be one of my favorite parts of her story. It's very exciting. If you look, you don't have to, but you know, it's kind of fun if you do. In the book of Matthew chapter one, let's all get there and let's get excited together. <laughs> Matthew chapter one, verse one. I'm going to wait this time because it's too good to miss. Are we there? We're there? Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac, the father of Jacob, Jacob, the father of Judah, and his brothers, Judah, the father of Prius, blah, blah, blah. Go to verse 5. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. How cool is that? Verse 1, this is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. Verse 5, whose mother, Salmon the father of Boaz, his mother was Rahab. Rahab, the prostitute, is in the lineage of Jesus, the Messiah. She's an ancestor of Jesus. I love that. I love God's redemptive power. I love how God can turn a life around with somebody who's got faith, with somebody who's grappling with an understanding of God who doesn't know all the answers, who just steps out in faith. And you know what? She sins while she's doing it. She's broken and hurt. But it's God's redemptive power coming through, shining through. You know, she was the great, great, great grandmother of King David. And another cool thing, you know, Ruth in the Bible, the book of Ruth, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, a lot of us would know that story. Well, when Ruth married Boaz, her mother-in-law was Rahab. How's that? I like that I like Rahab I like her and um, you know what we've seen it it's God's redemptive power she was a part of through the, through the life of Rahab she played a part in God's redemptive power shown through humanity because of course it went on to Jesus the lineage of Jesus and um, Rahab wasn't spectacular she wasn't this spectacular woman but God was spectacular through her. And in life, we don't have to be anything. If anyone's feeling pressured today to be something, that you have to do something, that you have to be someone, let me tell you today, let the chains break. You don't have to be anything but a child of God, but just a... You know, we're all broken. We've all got stuff. We've all got stuff going on. And we don't have to be anything. Just, just sitting before God, just a child of God. Do you know what? He'll use you. He'll use you for marvelous things. And, um, you know, yeah, I've just written here, Rahab's life is a marvelous example Of God's redemptive power, a broken woman who put her trust in God, who put faith into action, and ended up being a part of God's miraculous plan to save humanity. Isn't that awesome? Aren't we blessed? Can I um can I just say God wants to do that through you too? It's not just about Old Testament Bible characters. It's about a broken woman putting her faith in God and living a miraculous life. And, um, I'm going to ask the band to come up. We're going to sing a song and we're going to close the service. But I just want to say that I'm going to be available, you know, during the last song and, um, and after the service just to pray. If you want me to pray for you, just come and see me down the front. I'll hang around for a while. And, um, Let's really do that. Let's live the life that God wants us to live because um, He can use anyone and He wants to use you to be a part of His incredible plan. Amen? We hope you have enjoyed this message and feel challenged and encouraged. Please let others know about this free podcast so they too can grow and learn to live their best life. You can find out more about our church and ministries www.c3cc.org.au God bless you.